Welcome to The Meg Robinson Show, exploring the stories that make us who we are. As a singer, songwriter, and composer, I love to tell stories through music, and I've been exploring how to do that within a podcast. I've also always loved radio ever since I was a kid. My son David was visiting. I needed some practice, so on the spur of the moment, I decided to interview him about some of his childhood memories of coping with mild cerebral palsy. You'll hear us testing the microphone in the beginning. We recorded in a closet to keep down the background noises. So imagine us sitting in tight quarters in a closet surrounded by hanging pants and shirts and sock drawers as I talk to my son, David. There is nothing, my young friend. Absolute. What, Mom? What is it? You tell me what to do. Do you want me to talk now? There is nothing, my young friend. Absolutely nothing. Half so much worth doing as simply messing about in boats. Messing, messing, simply messing. What did you mean? Did you mean your earliest memory of like cerebral palsy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember sitting in the dining room in Potomac in one of those Lucite chairs that were like the clear chairs up against the wall of the room, not at the dining room table, and talking with you about whether cerebral palsy would ever go away and you telling me that it that it wouldn't. I remember when we were thinking about what to, whether or not to do the operation, and uh, there were several different approaches that you considered, one of which was some kind of thing where you had some big metal contraption that went into your legs and it was like an erector set that had your leg as one of the erectors and had like these metal spindly things coming out of your leg and there were these I remember looking at this implausible looking photograph of a little boy on a boat like on a motorboat with these like pieces of metal sticking out of his arm and I think the idea was supposed to be that you could have this thing on and go about your normal active life of boating and whatever and I remember looking at that and thinking first of all that looks excruciating and secondly you probably don't want to get it wet (laughs) I think you had a a kind of a can-do attitude but it wasn't like everything's going to be fine it was like you're gonna try and fail at some stuff and that's fine it's fine for things to not be it's fine for you to not be successful at something uh, I mean not that it's preferable but that it's okay to do stuff and have it not work and that was great and but I think there's always this trade-off with a little kid learning stuff where 
you sort of don't know how plastic the kid is. And so there's this question of how much sort of deliberate effort to make to change things, like to walk a different way or to write a different way or um, sit a different way. And I think that, you know, the parts of it that were really, that really stuck for me were those moments where I was put forward psychological effort maybe later in the game to try and change the way things were that didn't, was unfruitful. And so like thinking about your heel strikes constantly, I still am not compliant with the heel strike instructions that I got in, you know, kindergarten. So like if you are walking along and you, you know, if you think about your gait, the way you walk, you lift your foot up and then put it down somewhere forward of where you lifted it up. When it comes down, it's supposed to hit with your heel first, but I sort of hit with the ball of my foot on the ground first. I don't know, you know, maybe some of it worked and I don't even remember it because I, you know, you told me to do something or therapist told me to do something and I did. And then we forgot about it. And so if we want to think about how worthwhile was it, you know, to give me those kinds of explicit instructions, I think we would have to reconstruct how much of that instructing just kind of worked and went away because I just learned to do something in a different way versus how much of it was this sort of perpetual uphill battle to get me to do something where it just was never going to click. And the problem that I have is that when I look back, I only remember the parts that didn't click. The other parts, I don't remember. And so I, I'm just, I think there's a, a big selection bias when I think about therapeutic interventions. Only The only things I'm going to sit here remember at age 35 are the frustrating, unsuccessful moments of attempts at interventions. And I'm sure there were. I mean, I'm actually, I'm not sure of much at all, really. But I imagine that there were successful interventions, you know, that I don't remember. Um, and that and that at the time, there was probably no telling apart which ones were going to be which. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to get out of this closet now. Thanks, David, for sharing your insights. Think I'll get out of the closet, too. I would love to hear from you. Send me an email if you have ideas, thoughts, or feedback. I read them all. That's hello at themegrobinsonshow.com. Hope you'll tune in next time for more of the stories that make us who we are. I'm Meg Robinson.